So over the Christmas holidays, I learned a new skill, right? So they say that one of the things that keeps you young is to learn a new skill. That's, you may have heard that before. I didn't learn this new skill um, to keep me young. I learned this new skill because I like chocolate custard. Totally different reasoning. And so we recently had bought this kitchen appliance that made amazing chocolate custard. All right, And I, I was like, I want in on that. So for the first time in a long time, I learned to learn use a kitchen appliance that wasn't a toaster or a microwave. And so I was way out of my comfort zone. And then one night, you know, over the Christmas holidays, Lee has gone out with the ladies, probably out partying somewhere. Who knows where they went? But we're at home, the boys, sort of boys night in, and one of the boys is like, you know what we should do? We should make chocolate custard. And I'm like, I'm there. And so what happens is, so I, start, I started the process. Now, everybody had sort of already learned how to do it way before Dad. But I sort of started the process, and I can't rem- remember for what reason, but sort of halfway through the journey of what happens is in this kitchen appliance is you, you put all this ingredients in, right? And then 10 minutes later, out magically pops chocolate custard. That's what happens. So anyway, so um, I'd started the process and started putting the ingredients in. And it was all working really well. But then I handed the baton to Martin. And um, somewhere, so, so, anyway, so we put all the ingredients in and it all is all happening and you push the magic button. And what's supposed to pop out is chocolate custard. What popped out was a sugary, vanilla, runny liquid. And us being boys and not quick on the give up, we're like, no worries, vanilla custard in a cup. I kid you not, this was undrinkable. This sort of stuff would send children to the moon. Um, I don't know what, we, what ingredient we missed, but I think it was the bit that kept you sane. I, I did actually drink all mine because I'm a very stubborn human, but, but the boys, they couldn't, couldn't drink. The, Marty, Marty swears to this day that I, I missed an ingredient in the changeover process. And, <laughs> and with my track record in the kitchen, it was probably me that missed the ingredient. But here's the thing. Here's the thing from that. We were so passionate about getting this job done. We desired this chocolate custard like you wouldn't believe, to the point I was prepared to drink a a sugary vanilla liquid out of a cup because I was so desperate for the chocolate custard that I desired. But I tell you what, one missing ingredient, and that experience was enough to make you sick. One missing ingredient. It was kind of, kind of like, you know, like, the, like the, um, the menu board at McDonald's, you know, like you see the burger and then you open the burger and it's like, I don't know, this is what I ordered. And sometimes life can be a bit like that, can't it? And, and we're talking now about the journey of faith. Sometimes we get on a journey, a journey of faith and it's like, this is, you know, I, I kind of ordered this, but this doesn't quite seem to be what was, what was told to me. This wasn't what was advertised. In fact, I see other people enjoying their chocolate custard, yet I've got this cup. And we don't know. It's like my friend said, I, I, and in fact, somebody said it on this platform, the exact words my friend used while we're chatting during the, the week was, I want to be all in. And when someone said that, about when we're talking about baptisms earlier today, someone said, I want to be all in. And so that's what we're talking about today. So let's talk about baptism. Just throw that slide up for me, Timmy. So you may or may not have heard me speak on this, but we don't talk about it very often, but there are actually three baptisms. So they're going to hopefully throw that slide up. And we only really talk about the baptism in water generally, but there's actually three baptisms, and here it is. There's the baptism into Jesus by his Holy Spirit. We'll talk through these and then I'll, we'll show the verses. 
So we're baptized into Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And the verse there talks about that. And that's when we give our heart to the Lord. And many of the people who stood in front of you this morning want to get water baptized. Well, in fact, all of them, they've already all done that. They've already had the baptism into Jesus by the Holy Spirit. They've done that one. And then the next one is the baptism in water by a disciple. And so that's a follower of Jesus baptizes us. If you've ever been to a baptism, somebody, some, you know, somebody, another disciple, a follower of God will, will, will go into the water and they'll actually baptize you. Jesus commanded Jesus. So that's the water baptism. And the third baptism is in Holy, in being baptized in the Holy Spirit by Jesus. And that's where Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And these are the three baptisms. But we only generally talk about, we only talk about the first one. But let's have, a, sorry, the second one there, baptizing one. Let's quickly look at those verses. We're just going to throw them up. So 1 Corinthians 12 um, reading from, we're going to read from the message this morning. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts and limbs or organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. Verse 13, by means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial piecemeal lives. I love the way this this version puts it. And we talked about that again this morning. We each used to independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when um, we were baptized, right? So that's what's happening later on. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained. At one fountain, His Spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. And we're going to skip, I think, to verse... Oh, no, that's it for that one. So it's talking there about being baptized into this body, leaving old stuff behind. That's when we start to follow Jesus. And it said the Spirit baptizes us. We're going to go to baptism in water. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus undeterred went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Think of that. Just slip back to there just for a second, mate. I won't hang there very long. Just go, oh no, to commission you, yeah. Authorized and commanded me to commission you. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples. So we are being commissioned to do this next part. Every one of us. Let's go. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus commissions us to baptize people in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, in, and then we're going to go on to Matthew 3.11. We're just racing through this part because we just need to see that there are three baptisms. Matthew 3.11. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you. Speaking of Jesus here. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, I think it's really clear there that um, that Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, and that's um, that's John the Baptist speaking there. 
What's interesting about this verse, because you, you may have heard this verse before, maybe it's the first time. This verse about Jesus baptizing us in the Holy Spirit, it wasn't spoken to the people there on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't spoken to the 120 in the upper room. It wasn't spoken um, even to Jesus' disciples. John the Baptist is talking to the crowd before Jesus has even been baptized himself, before Jesus' earthly ministry starts. And Jesus said, sorry, John said to the people gathered, you will be baptized with, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's not talking to a specific group of people here. Like after he came, he's talking globally to everybody. He said, if you, you know, when the Messiah comes, when the Messiah comes, this is what he's gonna do. He's gonna baptize you in Holy Spirit. And so this third baptism, the least talked about baptism, and I'd suggest the most misunderstood baptism, the most forgotten one, this baptism, how important is it? How important is baptism in the Holy Spirit? How, is it, how important is it that Jesus would baptize you with the Holy Spirit? Well, I think one way, one way we, can, we can find that out is we can look at the people that Jesus was with or, or, the, or the people that understood what Jesus was about, the first Christians. How important did they think Holy Spirit baptism was? Well, let's go to Acts 19 verses 1 to 2. This is where i got two verses, two lots. Acts 19 verse 1 to 2. Now, just catch this, please. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Just pause there. So Paul is cruising around. Now, Paul's the apostle. Paul's Paul's like the key leader of the early church. Definitely at this point in time, he is the leader of the church to the non-Jews. He is the authority on what happens, right? So this is that guy. This is the guy that wrote, depending on, um, you know, he wrote at least a third of the New Testament. Some people think over half, but he wrote at least a third of it. That's this guy speaking. He finds a heap of believers. He, he, he rocks, he's cruising around, he finds some believers. Let's see what happens next. This is the first question he asks. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? What that means is, that you can believe, if you, if you deconstruct that sentence, what it actually means is you can believe and not receive the Holy Spirit. Because it, 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 there's no other way to understand that. It's possible to believe and not receive the Holy Spirit. Because he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He didn't say, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you thought you became a believer? Because all believers have a Holy Spirit and are baptized in the Holy Spirit. No, no, he said this. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Let's skip to verse five. As soon as they heard this, so he talks to them a little bit. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. So Paul baptizes them in water. That's what just happened there. Paul baptizes them in water. So you would think if, if you, just, you just receive the Holy Spirit, not as a third baptism as we've discussed, as John the Baptist predicted, if you just received it upon salvation, why would have Paul asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And then this next part is really critical. Then he baptizes them in water, the Apostle Paul. Some would say the greatest human being to ever live as far as faith and Christ is concerned, after, you know, post-Jesus. Many, many would say that, and I would be one of those people. He baptized you. Imagine if Apostle Paul was there this afternoon at the pool, and he baptized you in water, and you believe in Jesus. 
Wouldn't you think that's the full experience? Wouldn't you think you've, that's it? You've arrived? Well, let's read on. And then when Paul laid his hands on them, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Not when they received Jesus, not when they were baptized by the greatest apostle ever lived, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Paul certainly thought the Holy Spirit's baptism was pretty important. And Paul certainly didn't believe that when you, uh, you, know, you come to Jesus and you believe that you've received baptism in the Holy Spirit. Paul doesn't, also didn't believe that you're baptized in water, you receive, baptism in the whole, you receive baptism in the Holy Spirit. Paul didn't believe that. But, he, but the first question he asked was, did you receive it? For the sake of time, I'm not going to read all the verses about what Jesus says about Holy Spirit. If you haven't guessed yet, the missing ingredient is baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is some of the stuff Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he's a comforter. He's a counselor. You can do your own Google search on this. Helper, teacher. Jesus said he'll point you to me. Jesus said he's a memory aid. He helps us remember Jesus' teachings. How many times have you been in a situation you would go, I wish I'd just done what Jesus would probably already instructed me to do. I wish I'd just done the things I already knew how to do. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will help you do that. Jesus actually said this, which, which may blow you away. We're not going to throw it up on the screen, but it's John's, in John 16. Jesus says this, it is to your benefit that you relate to Holy Spirit now instead of me. That's what Jesus himself said. It is to your benefit. And he was talking to people who walked with Jesus, like physically walked with Jesus. He said, no, 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 you'll actually be better off if I'm not here in person, is what Jesus actually says in John 16. Read it for yourself. That's how big a deal Jesus thought the Holy Spirit was and baptism in the Spirit. So how do we live a victorious life if we're either uninformed or afraid of the one Jesus himself sent to help? See, we're in the age of the helper. The book of Acts ushered in the age of the Holy Spirit. If you know anything about your, your, the Bible, it's almost like the Old Testament was the age of the Father. Then Jesus came, and that was the age of Jesus on the planet. And then Jesus himself said, I usher in the age of the Holy Spirit by saying, I must go. We're living in the age of the Holy Spirit. But too often, you know, we're, we're struggling along. It's like my friend is like, I, I want to be all in, but there's something keeps holding back. And we, we, too often we're like, we're like that. And some of you have heard me say this before, I think. But too often we're sort of like that Christian in the flood. You might have heard that story about the Christian in the flood. So there's, and we know what floods are here in Rome. A lot of us in this room have been through some epic floods right here in this town, right? So I've, I've actually seen this, not this particular story, but I've actually seen all this happen with my own eyes. So there's this Christian in the flood starting to flood. And just like I remember happened to me when I told a few people on the day that it flooded, hey, there's a flood coming. You need to get organized. And so they came and they told this person, this Christian person, oh, no, no, she'll be cool. You know, God will look after me. I don't have to worry about it. Oh, okay, mate. Oh, fair enough. And then the waters got higher and higher till you could no longer get a car in. And the boat pulls up. I had a jet ski pull up at my front, front, uh, front of my house one year. 2010 when it flooded and it was like that this boat pulls up in front of the house I was like you need to get in mate it's going to get worse oh no no it's cool God will look after me you know I'm a believer follower of Jesus I'll be fine 
Anyway, this flood was probably like the, the 2012 flood in Roma. And in all of, the only place that this person could get in the end was on their roof. And they're stuck on their roof in the flood. And this, this like SES helicopter comes to get them. And they drop the thing down and, you know, drop the little ladder down. The little fella jumps out and with a little helmet on. He says, hey, mate, like, this, is the, this is your last call. This is your last chance. We ain't coming back. You need to hop on this helicopter now. Because it's going to get, it's, this flood's going to get worse. And, and this guy said, no, 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 Christian, God's going to look after me. Anyway, long story short, the guy dies. And he gets to heaven because he got swept away in a flood. And he's talking to, he's talking to Jesus. He says, what the hang happened there? I was full of faith. And, and God's like, well, I sent your mate. And then I sent a guy on a boat. And then I sent a helicopter. See, in the Old Testament, they had this thing called the tabernacle. And there was three things you had to do to enter God's presence. You had to go to the altar where you had shed the blood of a lamb. That's our baptism into salvation. You'd go to the laver, which was like a big water dish thing, and you'd wash. You'd wash, you know, the, the dirt off. That's baptism in water. The job wasn't done to get into God's presence. Then there was a flask. And the flask had oil in it. Oil speaks to the Holy Spirit. Had to put oil on yourself. And then, that's baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then, see, this is, a, this is a, like a, a symbolic thing of the things to come. That's what we understand about the Old Testament. Baptism in the, the Holy Spirit. When you go, oh, then you could go into God's presence. And I'm not saying you can't go into God's presence without those things. But I am saying, I am saying to you, do you want to be all in? It's been going on for a long time, this whole three baptism deal. Do you know what would happen in those days if you'd enter the holy place by skipping a step? Maybe you're like, I forgot my lamb today. I'll just sneak in the door. Well, in those days, if you skipped any of those three, and I'm going to call them, they weren't baptisms, okay, theologians, but if you skipped any of those three baptisms, you know what happened? You died. A lot of dead Christians wandering around, eh? A lot of Christians wandering around, feeling dead, feeling powerless, wanting to be all in, wanting to be everything Jesus has for them. Powerless. Powerless. It's not that, it's not about a, see, it's not a desire thing. It's not that, it's not that you don't desire the chocolate custard. You've got to understand. You've got to understand what I'm, you've got to pick up what I'm putting down. It's not that you don't desire that. It's not, a, it's not that. It's either through ignorance or pride, we've got this missing ingredient. Like I said to this guy, like there's a missing ingredient. Yeah. There's something that other people seem to have that I don't have. And the truth for all of us is, and this, this is almost like a dashboard moment for each one of us. This is a dashboard moment for me. Is that without Holy Spirit working in our lives, you're always going to be a have-to Christian, not a get-to Christian. Do you understand what I'm saying there? I feel like I have to do this to, to, to be a person of faith. I have to do that. And I feel like I need to get, and I'm going to do my duty here. But I'm telling you, that's, that it will be your experience without baptism in the Holy Spirit. But baptism in the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, everything's reversed. It's a get-to Christian. You know how hard it was for me to drink the last little bit of that vanilla tacky liquid? I was this close to vomiting. One missing ingredient. Do you know what it was like when we actually made the real stuff later? <laughs> Holy dooly. You got to come to my house and have this custard. 
Because when you cultivate, and hear me, church, hear me. We've talked about the obedience. We've talked about the pattern in Scripture. We've talked about the Apostle Paul. It can't be clearer. But what's the result? When we cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, every Christian practice comes alive. You know, I talk to people, oh, I don't get anything out of reading the Word, or I struggle in prayer. Well, Jesus has already unpacked that for you. Jesus already said, you know, he's going to lead you into all truth, and, you know, he'll, he'll remind you of the things I said, and, you know, he'll t- teach you what to pray. Jesus covered all that. Jesus already talked about it. Prayer meetings come alive. Worship comes alive. Soaking in the Word comes, in, in, comes alive. Said another way, if we want to say this another way, temporary things in your life begin to die and eternal things, which just makes sense if you think about it, if you've got a relationship with Holy Spirit, which is the one Jesus said comes to, to connect you to me, then eternal things start to come to life. And so that whole idea when it's hard to do the things that bring life and it's easy to do the things that bring death, isn't it make sense that if we're not cultivating a relationship with the Spirit, those things are difficult? Isn't that just common sense? See, how you know you're full of, the, full of the Spirit, and you read that in the Word as well, it, it's not an emotional feeling. We get that, yeah, but that's not what it is to be full of the Spirit. All right? So just, just gonna, this is just a bit something that might be new for you. So we come to worship and we come to prayer, and we know what it's like to feel God's presence, right? Hopefully you do. But that's not being full of the Spirit, just like real love isn't having warm fuzzies. Oh, she makes me feel like that. That's not real love. That's an emotion. Love's an act of the will. See, what, what real love is, is when you desire the best for someone else. That's what love is, right? In case you hadn't heard that one. Love, real love is when, like, when you, this is how you know you're in love. All right, young people. Okay, listen real carefully. You can feel emotions, and, and actually the Greeks, I'm not going, I just don't have time, but the Greeks have got five words for love, right? So re, the, the love that lasts a lifetime is the love when you see someone that you want the best for them, not necessarily the best for you. And you can read about that in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13. That's what real love is, right? So, so that's what real relation, that's the deepest form of relationship. So wouldn't it make sense then if we're full of the Spirit and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit and we have the Spirit that we want to be where Holy Spirit is. We want to get to the things that, 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 um, that please Him. We want to get into the Word. And, and that's, what, that's what we desire and that's what brings us life. Wouldn't that make sense? I think it does make sense. And see, we're trying to work hard to get stuff that's being given to us for free by the Holy Spirit. But through either our ignorance or our pride, we're rejecting the Holy Spirit. And we're wondering, well, what's going on? What's going on? In the words of my friend, you're not all in. You're not all in. And Jesus would say that, and Paul would say that. And you're frustrated and you walk with Jesus, but the first place to look is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus said, you will receive power when he comes upon you. What power is that? What was Jesus talking about when he said that? The power in specifically was to witness, to tell your story, to tell people, hey, you know, I'm like this because of this. But the problem is, see, that's what, that's what the Holy Spirit does. But the trouble is when we're not full of the Spirit, we don't have a, no much of a story to tell. And Jesus says, you'll have the power to tell your story because you'll be full of the Spirit. And then if you go on, 
You'd have the power of love, and that was 1 Corinthians 13 I mentioned before. Power of fruit of the Spirit. You start to see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Power to the gifts of the Spirit. It's time to stop wondering where this power's at. You read about it in the Word, you're like, where is all this power that's in the Bible? Well, I'm just telling you. It's time to stop wondering where the gifts are that we read about. The gifts of what? Gifts of the Spirit? We're not talking about those things. I apologize today if you, if you don't understand some of the terminology I'm talking about. I just don't have time to unpack it all. Fruit of the Spirit we were talking about earlier in the year. Where is that at? Well, is that your relationship with the Holy Spirit? That's where it is. It's found in the Holy Spirit. So what then must we do? Can I say, with love and desiring the best for you, can I say this? If you have no relationship with the Holy Spirit, can I just say this? It's time. Like, it's way past time. It is way past time. And, and in, this, in the service immediately after, when I'm very close to done actually, we're going to be praying for people who want to receive baptism in the Holy Spirit. People go, you know what, Shane, when you talked about that, that friend of yours and you were chatting and he just saw other people just getting immersed in stuff, but... He, he could, and there was a missing, that was me. You were talking about me there. I'd love to pray for you this morning to receive baptism in the Holy Spirit, just like Paul modeled for us in the book of Acts. Because you see others following, right? Hard after God and reap, reaping the fruit of the Spirit in their lives, and you want that, right? But if you've received Holy Spirit baptism, and this can be a trick. And you're not hungry for the things of God. So you're like, well, Shane, I've received baptism in the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues, all that sort of stuff. But, but, but I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. Like you mentioned, you know, wanting to be at the prayer meeting, wanting to get in the Word, wanting to get to a small group, wanting to gather with other Christians. That's not where I'm at. Well, here's what you know, right? Here's what you know. You may know about Holy Spirit. You may have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you do not know the Holy Spirit. There's no relationship. I'm going to read an interesting scripture for you. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. I think we have this one for the screen. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And this next bit's important. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You can't call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a thought for you this morning. This isn't a proof that we have the Holy Spirit when we receive salvation. It's not a proof for that. Because the thought that we must have um, a relationship with Holy Spirit before we can commit to Jesus makes no sense theologically at all. Doesn't follow a single pattern in the Bible anywhere. So what is this verse saying? If it's not a proof that we have Holy Spirit before we accept Jesus, what is this verse saying? Because it can't be saying that. So what is it saying? The verse is saying this. Unless you have a relationship with Holy Spirit, doesn't matter what you say out of your mouth, Jesus won't be Lord of your life. You will be. You will be. What's the hardest part of living the abundant life? 
swallowing our pride and doing the things that please Jesus and lead us away from slavery, right? That's the hardest part. Just doing what God said, doing what Jesus said. Let's be honest. Let's get some honesty in the room. Praying, spending time in the Bible, doing all that stuff we're talking about. These things are hard, right? But not because they're hard. How hard is it to turn up here for an hour? On a, on a, on a hard scale? That's like a 0.8 out of a thousand. They're not hard because they're hard. They're hard because we're led by the flesh. Come on. They're hard because we're not spirit-led, which is the opposite of being led by the flesh, right? So as a church, now some of you heard me say this a thousand times, forgive me, but we gave up lying to ourselves in this church a long time ago. We don't say, I didn't come to service or I didn't come to prayer because I was tired. We don't say, I didn't read the Word or attend my small group because I'm busy. We tell the truth. What's the truth? You guys know it. I prioritized something else. Because we all got time. Everybody in this room got time, right? We all got time. It's, it's what we choose to do with it that's different, right? So how do you move from flesh-led to spirit-led? I'm trying to help some people this morning. I'm talking to people specifically who've been baptized in the Holy Spirit right now. How do you get to know Holy Spirit? That's a good question, right? How do you get to know Holy Spirit? Well, let me ask you another question. How do you spell any other relationship in the world? You spell it with four letters, right? T, I, M, and E. Time. Time. If you want to know what the missing ingredient is in your life, it's the Holy Spirit. If you don't want to know why things are hard, it's the Holy Spirit. If you want to know how to fix that, it's just time. It's just time. It's just time. Church, it's way past time to add the missing ingredient. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to pray. going to pray. Um, I'm going to pray and then um, band's going to play a little bit. But um, I just want to invite you this morning. I, I, we, we have a lot of, I have a lot of theolo- more theological teaching on baptism of the Holy Spirit, just unpacking it in a deeper way. But I just really felt this morning, being a morning of baptism, we're baptizing people in water. I thought, I've got to communicate clearly to our church what's missing. And it's the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to just open up this altar um, when I've prayed. If you would like to receive baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you're like, you know, Shane, that is just definitely me. We're going to pray. We're going to get a few people, bring a few people up from prayer meeting. We're going to pray that you receive baptism in the Holy Spirit this morning. But alternatively, if you just want someone to believe with you, to reinvigorate maybe a relationship with the Holy Spirit that you used to have, Maybe, maybe a passion, that refire a passion that you used to have. Uh, maybe maybe just, a, just a bit of a kick charge so you can get back into what you, what you know you're called to. We, we'd love to pray with you guys as well this morning. 
So what, I'm just going to pray, and then if that's you, if, if you feel, you know what, it's, it's just time. I've been fighting this for long enough. It's just time. Then just come forward, and uh, we'll, we'd love to pray with you this morning. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for everyone in this house. I thank you for everyone in this place that's this morning just given up their, their time and just come here. Like we said, it, in, anybody who's a Christian in Roma could be in a service this morning. There's many people meeting right across this town, not just this auditorium. It's because we've prioritized to be here because we wanted to hear from you. That's why we're here. And so, Lord God, I pray for those who this message has, has touched their heart and they're like, you know what? That's got to be for me. This, I, 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 you know, it is just time. So, Lord God, I pray for just a grace across this auditorium for people. I pray for a grace to just begin to start stepping into the things that you've called us to, a grace to start stepping out of the flesh and start walking in the Spirit. Lord Jesus, for every person in this house, Lord God, as we, as we play, as we pray, and as we worship, Lord, that there's just a boldness to just come and to receive the free gift, just like baptism into Jesus is a free gift, just like baptism in water is a free gift, to receive that free baptism in the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we just pray. Lord God, just put a grace right across this auditorium right now. Jesus.